Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. And she's the founder of the Hashtag Cause a Scene movement. And the Hashtag Cause a Scene movement has four guiding principles that we should follow. It's tech is not neutral, prioritize the most vulnerable, lack of inclusion is a risk management issue, and intention without strategy is chaos. And I feel very privileged to welcome Kim Creighton to the stage. Your feelings, 
If you have issues with your feelings, therapy is what you need to go. Do not burden people of color with your issues. We're all adults. Let's act like it. So, oh, let me also say this, because at some point, one of you great white people are going to get really offended, and you're going to report me for code of conduct violation, which I never do. And your reason is always, that was inappropriate, or she made me uncomfortable. So just remember, you had a warning, all right? The guiding principles. Tech is not neutral. This is how I see everything I do. Every action I take, every talk I write, every podcast, every interview I do, I see it through this lens. So, tech is not neutral. Intention without strategy is chaos. Lack of inclusion is a risk management issue, and we must prioritize the most wrong. So let's define terms. I told you I was an educator, to my heart. I'm also specialty certified. So I understood that all my students had to get to a certain place by the end of the year. They weren't all going to get there at the same time in the same way, but I was accountable for getting them to that point. So I always like to start everybody on that. Whatever your idea of what these definitions are, suspend them. Because I said, my classroom, my definitions. All right? Privilege. People get really hyped and really upset about this word. Privilege is simply about access and whether you have a right, you have the ability to use access or not. Um, leverage that access. That's it. It's simple. Some spaces, white men have all the access. Some spaces, I have all the access. Like this classroom. I am the most privileged in this space right now. Oh, and I'd like to show this, um, this image because Raise your hand if you've seen these, these monkeys. They are always on uh, National Geographic, and they're like, oh, they're so cute. Well, it's not as cute as you think it is. Because the ones in the water, in the, in the hot springs, it's a maternal um, group. And only the members of this group get to go into the hot springs. All the other monkeys are outside just like, please, I want to mate. I want to do whatever you need me to do so I can get into this thing because it's warm. It's warm. So this is how this happens in nature. It happens. There's privilege in nature. Underrepresented is simply about numbers. You have a whole bunch of white guys, the black dude's head cut off, and then you got a white woman. The black dude's head cut off, he's underrepresented, and the woman is underrepresented. I have five oranges, I have 20 pineapples. The oranges are underrepresented. It's that simple. Marginalized is about treatment. And it's not about individuals. It is about groups of people. So when I say someone is marginalized from a marginalized community, that means a community in which the systems of oppression as a community have impacted, and they individually have to deal with those issues. So white women intact or underrepresented. Many are not marginalized. They are not diversity. If that's what you're checking your box off, you have an epic fail. <laughs> Diversity. This is about variety. So, when I talk about we're all in the US here, so, Crayola crayons. Some of us got the four pack. I'm not that creative. If I only got the four pack, it was going to be an ugly four color picture. If I got the 64 pack, though, it was going to be an ugly, very colorful picture. <laughs> but that 64, I can create. 
colors that weren't even in the 64. That's what variety is. It's when things come together, we can create something together that we could not create on our own. Inclusion, people. It's just about experience. It's about people's lived experience. And this is the caveat. Diversity is about how you recruit. Inclusion is about retention. You don't get to say if your environment or your events or your community is inclusive. I, as the individual, tell you whether I feel included or not. Oh, yeah, you can clap, baby. <laughs> so, inclusion is not, that's a strong not, about equality. I don't believe in equality when it comes to this. If you listen to the podcast about how to be an anti-racist, he talks about selective discrimination. There is no way in hell I am ever going to catch up to a white man in tech unless somebody chop off his arms, put him in a coat for a few, a few years, and I get a head start. And when he wakes up, he only crawls. Because with no arms and being in a coma for a few years, he has still has the systems behind him that will put him ahead of me after all of that. So you can say what you want to about affirmative action, but people have a misunderstanding about affirmative action. You know how hard a person of color has to be, has to work to even get in a position to benefit from affirmative action? Y'all think we lazy. We go ahead and work 20 times harder than y'all because we know we got this affirmative action label of our head. Also, I don't believe in terms of like fair and nice and all that, because the people in power need to just find those terms. What's fair for a white dude is not fair for me. So I don't even listen to that. It's not about force. So it's not about finding a cis job, a non-binary um, indigenous, or a non-binary indigenous individual who's on the autism spectrum with a club foot. And you think you got four people, four disabilities, or four things in one person, unless you're giving the four salaries. It is about variety. And it's about my experience only. Racism. I throw this in here because, well, we keep having these elementary school conversations about what racism is and what racism isn't. So, I'm going to tell you how I define it after I showed you what the social scientist uses racism. We do not use the definition that's in the dictionary. So racism is about race prejudice plus a social and institutional power. It has to be both things. Racism is a system that advantages based on race. Racism is a system that oppresses based on race. So you see I'm talking about systems, I'm not talking about individuals. Because white folks don't like to be talked about in groups. Y'all love being individuals, but like to group us together. Racism equals a white supremacist system, which means people believe whiteness in whatever form that is, is the default and is superior to everything else. So, racism is different than race, just simple race prejudice. Black people can hate y'all. 
That doesn't make them racist. There's no such thing as reverse racism. They do not have the power of the system to do anything about it. Because the first time they say, I hate white, uh, white people, you call the police, what's going to happen? You use the system to your advantage. They can't say, I hate white people, or you say, I hate black people, they call the police. Then people want to debate, well, is this a civil rights crime? Um, is this hate crime? I don't know. So, let's talk about whiteness. I use the term whiteness because people use the term black. Nobody's ever asked me, what are you? Plus, I take that back. Because my hair doesn't look what people think, they just swear that I'm not black, that there's something else going on in there. Yeah, I have some indigenous blood, but also some ancestors got raped by some white folks. So yes, there's some mixed stuff in there. But, when I put, because we talk about blackness, the opposite of blackness, based on a white supremacist system, is whiteness. And so I really like personally to do it because white people don't like to be thought of as a group, so it's just like my little insight. <laughs> you better be thought of as a group whether you like it or not, because you do it to me. Um, so when you center whiteness, it causes unimaginable emotional um, labor. I love when people tell me on Twitter, you're just doing this for the tweets and for the followers, and, and then you don't know how much emotional labor it takes. Because most of my, my, my community are white people. Because I can't scale working with other oppressed people. I need to work with y'all folk. So I, as an educator, have to educate the oppressor while being oppressed. That is a mind. Thing. That's why I have to have a strategy because if I was just out here just dealing with y'all on an everyday basis, woo, I would be in trouble. So don't go into people's DMs asking them questions. We are in tech. Google it. When whiteness is centered, it does just enough good to cause people of color to question their own instincts when behaviors demonstrate a lack of concern for thought of privilege. Just like this. I understand that it's Saturday morning, but I bet if it was something you really wanted to do, if it was the, the, the um, artist tonight, this one would be packed. I don't care what time it is. What this demonstrates to me is Wisconsin ain't ready. Y'all say y'all ready, but y'all ain't really ready. Because what I need Wisconsin white folks to do is be uncomfortable so that I'm comfortable. If you're not willing to do that, you're not ready. And what you're doing is causing harm. Well, why does it say it stays in the shallow end um, of improvement? Because he does these little, you know, shell game thing. And if you're close enough to Chicago to go with shell game, you know, on the train, it does this bait and switch thing. Nothing ever, it never goes any deep, it doesn't go deeper. So you have these people who will quote out of the white fragility book, talk about, so, um, so you want to talk about race, until I say, you just said something, and that was deeply racist. <gasps> you can't even, I, I just, okay. But why does this seem to pass on his second-hand opportunities as if, I don't want those speaking engagements. I love these people on Twitter, these, these white guys who have these followers of 100K and whatnot, and they think they're doing something. Well, if someone um, um, asked me to speak at a conference, I have a list of black and brown people like, so 
What did that, that did not do anything? What did you give? What pain did you experience by giving that away? Absolutely nothing. Until white people can understand just a little bit of discomfort, nothing gets nothing gets done. We see that right now with our current political uh, environment. All of a sudden, white folks don't woke up and realize, oh, this world is not equitable. And, and if, I don't know if you've seen that uh, Sunday Night um, Live skit right after the um, 19, uh, 1960, <laughs> 2016 election when Steve, uh, Dave Chappelle and uh, Chris Rock and all the white people running around like, oh! and they're like, yeah, we knew this is going to happen. So I'm going to let you know this right now, seeing this from this stage. If this president is reelected, yes, it's going to be a little harder on us, but we're used to it. We're going to survive. Now we're going to profit. Because for the first time, white supremacy is the parasite that's eating on its host. For the first time, you're experiencing things and seeing things that you have been able to step away from. Ignore because you're privileged, you get to walk away. But whiteness is sinner is always talking about being an ally. You do not get to claim the title of an ally. Ally is a word, and it's you demonstrate it through consistent anti-racist behavior, and only the group that, it, that you're advocating for, if they approve of what you're doing, will say you're an ally. And it can be taken away at any moment. It's not like an um, enemy that you keep on the shelf. Also, whiteness is in the way. It's in your way, it's in my way. We can't get through with anything until we deal with this. So, I like to talk about give people my definition of what racist is. And this is where people get kind of cut out. All white people are racist by design and can't be trusted by default without consistent, demonstrated anti-racist behavior. I have five white friends, and I, I'm very loose about the word friend. They will go to bat for me for for anything I ask for, and they're intact. But they understand, and I understand, because of how we've been, how the school system is, how the criminal justice system is, how um, our economic systems are, how our healthcare systems are, at any moment, they can do or say something that causes me harm. It's not intention, but they also know that I can give a crap about attention, it's about impact. So I need you to hear that. I know it's, it's bristling from some of you, but you're going to be okay. Because if you're feeling any discomfort, it's about this much to where all, all the people of color in here are feeling. Particularly black people from the United States. Every day. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtagcausescene.com. So I'm going to give you an example. I can always give a great example, like 
this is why I don't do my talks until like the morning of. I don't create my talks in the morning because something always happens within the 24 hours when we have to give a talk. So, yesterday we're in this space. There's a group of women. We're having a conversation. We're talking about this very thing. There's white guys. Stand over here. We're over here. Mind our own damn business. Right? Two white guys standing over here. What white guy says to one of the women of color who's talking to them? He feels underrepresented. So, the woman of color comes over and says, hey, he feels underrepresented. I, in turn, says, I don't give a damn. And I keep going on with my conversation. So let me explain to you why this is problematic. In so many ways, because you do it all the time, you don't see it. So I'm going to dissect this for you as an educator. So, when you see a group of people of color together, of people who are the same group together, leave them the hell alone. They created the same space for themselves, and they don't need y'all dipping y'all toes into Because what happens is, so, the woman of color over here, because we're trained, I'm sure wasn't even intentional. She wasn't even a cognizant thought. Because we're trained, when a white person says, hey, I'm uncomfortable, we go into action. So now I'm doing something. I'm doing something. So now you have to come over and, 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 and interrupt us because a white person feels left out. Think about how you do that at your jobs. Now let me tell you how we do this. If there was a group of white people standing around talking, we, we, have, been we have been trained by this system. And this is why I say, I don't know if this is called kind of violation, but I'm going to say it anyway. False civility. Have a shirt that says Yes. Civility is optional for white people and it's the expected behavior of people of color because it's how we manage ourselves so you don't have to deal with it. So, if there's a group of white people standing there, what we do is eavesdrop a little bit to see if there's a conversation we want to be involved in. And then we tiptoe over because we haven't been invited in. And they say, hey, talking to me. We wait, we wait, we wait, we stop, start. We wait for inches. Race for somebody to give us eye contact. And then, if they allow us into that circle, we come in. It happened this morning. We were having a conversation. I know there's business to be taken care of, but a white gentleman just popped in. No, we are taught to say excuse me at all terms. Excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Also, I should have told you that as a part of the content warning, I say, I don't speak for other, on behalf of uh, for other people, but I speak on behalf of other people. Because I've set my life up that you cannot, and I don't have an employer for you to try to get me fired from. I don't have, um, you, for you to mess up my money. I have all my stuff, two stuff I've dedicated and all kinds of other stuff, because I know y'all are crazy. Y'all will go out and try to dox me and all kinds of stuff. So I have myself covered, because there are black and brown people who cannot say what, I, what I'm saying, but they think it every single day. And it's not safe for them to say it. So I'm, I'm speaking on their behalf. So, the closest an individual is to the default, the greater. So I want you to think about default. The greater their access to privilege, their ability to determine and set the status quo, their chances of being extended the God Almighty benefit of the doubt. Their feelings are prioritized. The impact of their behavior is evaluated from an 
uh, assume positive intent perspective and the expectation of being treated with compassion and empathy. I've heard too much about that intent currently. I'm not falling for that. Compassionate empathy are social skills that take years of uh, self-reflection and development to develop. And I'm not going to stand here and let you berate me and treat me like crap and close you with compassionate and, and empathy because you're working on this thing. That's not what's going to happen. But that's what you're asking people to do. The furthest an individual is from um, the fault, um, the faults, the greater their level of vulnerability related to decisions and behaviors of others, the instances of being impacted by unintended harm, the chances of never being extended the benefit of the doubt, their feelings are mineralized, the impact of their words and behaviors will be evaluated through an assumed negative intent perspective. And the expectation of extending compassionate empathy to others while they're being actively harmed. So, I want you to keep this in mind. Actually, take out your phone. I need you to take a picture of this. Come on, let's go. Let's go. You get out your phone. If you want to be on Twitter, let's go. Yeah, you're, I'm waiting on you. You slow, dude. Gotcha. Come on. Come on. Come on. Got it. Got it. Got it. There you go. Take a picture of this. Oops. What happened? Oh, I turned that off. Take a picture of this. <laughs> Got an extra button on this thing. <laughs> so I want you to think about this. When you're in situations, I want you to, I need you to have something. This is homework. So. We're going to talk about feminism today. What is feminism? Advocates, advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes. Once we leave here, I want you to go, your other homework is to go look at my pinned tweet on my um, Twitter page. Because I did a lie about feminism that I want you to do. So that's the definition of feminism. Defaults of feminism. Because we just talked about defaults, right? And we talked about if you are the closest you are to the defaults, the privileges you have, and the furthest away from the defaults, the privileges you have. Now I'm going to use this in the framework of feminism. Now I'm saying this in the framework of feminism because as an educator, I like to tell stories and help people. But just, you can drop your, your, um, your dev team here. You can drop your, um, your religion here. Um, you can drop your um, uh, your 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 flat behavior here, your, your 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 cultural fit here. All these things are here, but feminism is a huge thing that encompasses so many people, but so many people are left out. So, what are the thoughts of feminism? White, cisgender, heterosexual, able-bodied. Western, Christian, English-speaking, educated, mother, married, focuses on white males, and it's a binary, ran out of space, etc. All right, so 
So what does that mean to you?
So, being a woman, I'm black. My vagina is not the issue every day. This walking out the house is what may not may cause me not to come back home. So you're telling me we're gonna talk about the thing that again benefits white women because you only have the one thing. That right there. We have other things to contend with. That's problematic. And I had a conversation on the podcast recently that just really blew my mind. The systems of white supremacy doesn't even, don't even see me as a woman. They see me as animalistic, as an animal. Think of how many times you've seen Serena depicted as an ape. And you okay, you don't say, you'll say you're not okay with it, but you don't say anything to push back on it. You do not see me as a woman. So again, feminism, so my color, my race, and my gender don't matter. So why would I participate in feminism? That's y'all crap. That's not me. Lena Dunham. <laughs> I've never been a fan of hers, but this woman and supporting the patriarchy is woo, quite interesting for a show called Girls. Did you know that she got that show with only a page and a half treatment? She had no storyline. All she had was characters and she had no ending. If that's not benefit of the doubt and privilege, if it was a black person, I gotta come in with a full treatment, I gotta have um, actors already signed up, I gotta have a budget already, all this stuff, just to walk in the door and say, please, is it my turn? White trans women in black and brown spaces. This is a sensitive one for me because black trans women are being decimated by black, by black men in this country. So, lesbian women, non-binary black women, black and brown women have created spaces that they feel safe in. And because trans women don't uh, need safe spaces, these black and brown women welcome them into that space. But what happens is, by default, they start prioritizing whiteness, which means at this point, their transness goes out the door. Because now you're having conversations that, for me, for them, for them as Women who do have uteruses, they can't talk about their periods, they can't talk about having babies, they can't talk about anything that's not about all what we all have in common. Now, they created this safe space because these people, these individuals, lesbians are raped at numbers higher than anybody else. Black trans women are killed at rates compared to their community size at rates higher than anybody else. And you want to come in and say, well, I don't have a uterus. So we don't get to talk about that. That is not how that happens. So what happens is they challenge you, and the first thing you do is call them terse. That is unacceptable, because that term puts a label on people who are already marginalized or are invulnerable. You can't do that. You can't drop that term and try to walk out the door. White cancel Jews are another one. Again, you white? He likes me. I'm not going around asking you, are you Jewish? Are you Italian? Because you don't ask me. So, what happens is, uh, as an example of the Women's March, there's white Jews who are part of it like this past year and who are boycotting because one of the black founders has a relationship with Blue um, Serica. 
Okay, let me be honest. He's problematic in our community. But what I'm going to tell you is, for all the years that Jesse Jackson was kissing y'all butt, all the years all this other stuff was happening, all our black leaders was kissing up to white people, Farrakhan spoke what our community was thinking. He didn't care. Yes, he's prejudiced as hell. But what you can't say is he's ignorant because he knows the Quran, he knows the Bible, and he knows the Torah back and forth. But you want to just dismiss him for that. Granted, there are things he should not be saying, but to expect black women to discard another member of our community because of you is not going to happen because he's had our back. We learn there are problematic people in our community. I can have an Uncle Billy who gets drunk at every family reunion. And he is just belligerent. But do you think I'm going to call the cops on him? We're going to send his butt in that room and tell him to shut the hell up until he sobers up because we know if we call the cops on him, Uncle Billy can be killed. We take care of, of our own in our community. We've always had to. So when you from, come here from the outside demanding things from us, Shows your privilege, shows that you disrespect us, and think that it centers whiteness and it pisses us off. I will never, Twitter, I will never put white people above black women, ever. Because who has my back when I have tears? Not y'all. Who has my back if my rent doesn't need to be paid? Not y'all. So I got their back. Because we're a community. We're black. We're lumped together. So, now we're talking about how do you, when you get all these different individuals in this feminist group together, how do you manage that? Because this is what I'm seeing these clashes. Because what's happening is you've had all these affinity groups who've been all by themselves. And now you're saying, come on in. So they have never engaged with each other. So everybody's jockeying in for, I want to be, you know, everybody has to, because we've been taught through white supremacy, there's a hierarchy. So everybody's trying to figure out where they fit in the hierarchy because you want to be as close to white as possible because that's where all the privilege is. So this is how I engage in the communities I build. So this is a non not, this stops everything. If you're questioning somebody's right, their humanity or right to exist, I'm not having that conversation. Period. And that's on the community level. When I, I'm not discussing whether trans people, women, or women. I'm not discussing whether black women or women. I'm not discussing whether someone can talk about their menstrual cycle. I'm not discussing anything about somebody and who they are as a human being. We're not joking about it. None of this. So, one of the things you fix in this, in this category that keeps popping up, how, I mean, I mean, really for you white people to go through your uh, high school yearbooks or something and figure out how many blackface pictures y'all got. And just don't put them on the internet that folks know. But y'all got a lot of these. When you do blackface, brown, um, yellow face, red face, whatever you want to call it, what you're saying is, you're questioning my humanity. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say this here. This is my problem with Elizabeth Warren. 
She can have all the great policies she wants. I cannot get past the fact that for years she benefited from what she considers having an indigenous um, background. I'm sure I have more indigenous um, DNA than she does, and nobody in my family would have ever thought to do that. But what whiteness does, because it's a system that always takes and never gives back, it doesn't respect indigenous communities, it doesn't ex it respects black communities, but when it can benefit from it, oh, you be damned if they're not going to take it. Fully. I can't get past that. So, and so people try to bust over that, but that is, I can't, that's my humanity. I can't get past that. So this is the little gray area. This is where you have the yellow traffic light. Lived experiments. So we want to evaluate who in the position of, uh, who has the position of privilege, the position to, the ability to uh, be, uh, be an oppressor, and the ability to cause harm. And so the dialogue is focused on understanding, not proving the spirit. So in this world of feminist women, we're going to sit down and I'm going to look around and see who's the most vulnerable in this group. And that's what I'm going to focus my attention on. I'm not, unless it's a trans white woman, because trans women are more, more vulnerable than me, all of them. So unless there's a trans woman in the room, just a cis white woman, you're not going to get any attention from me. I'm not going to. I've gotten to the point, I'm going to be honest, I don't even acknowledge your presence, because you're so used to people going out of your way to speak to you. And I don't even, if you don't speak to me first, I don't have to talk to another white person in my life. Because that says more about you than it says about me. Also, this is a caveat. Um, I'm taking up space, and I'm encouraging other brown black women and men to take up space. So, if I'm on a plane, and you got in the middle seat, well, first of all, if you're, so if you're in the middle seat, I'm going to give you some caveat on that arm thing. I'm going to let you have that arm thing. But what you're not going to do is spread your leg like this. You're not going to do that. Your penis is not that big, so you're going to need to close your legs up. You see that a lot? That's the lie. And, I, and I'm very vocal about that. Um, we're walking. I want you to, white people, think about this. How often when you're walking down the sidewalk do you move out of other people's way or do you expect people to move out of your way? Especially when you have these freaking strollers and stuff. You just take up the whole thing. People have to stop there and do all these other kinds of stuff. I don't care anymore. You and your baby will be in the street if it's about me moving and you in my way. Because I'm tired. I'm, why do I have to endanger myself? Why do I have to make myself uncomfortable? Because you can't figure out that there are other people who occupy this space. So just understand that this is a movement right now. You're going to be seeing more of this. So I need you to be very mindful. Another example. Black people, raise your hand. Black people from the U.S., raise your hand. Just, this is very specific to black people from the U.S. When you go to a restaurant, what are black kids doing? Come on. What are black kids doing? They're what? Sitting there. They might be on there. Mobile devices, but they sitting there. What are white kids doing? Running around! Because they know that that space belongs to them. They say they can go into the kitchen and everything, and everybody's like, oh, that's so cute! Oh, no, we're told. You get out there, before you get out of the car, don't touch nothing, don't say nothing, don't Because we know that's to keep us safe. From you! 
This is why when the white woman comes up missing on the news, it's on the news, because y'all think everything's safe for y'all. So when y'all pop one pop up missing, everybody's like, oh my God, what happened? Black women get uh, disappear every day. That doesn't dominate the news cycle. So my lived experience, I don't have to give you proof. It's my lived experience. I get so sick of white people, but that's not what, it's not your lived experience. I don't know what it's like to be a white person. So I'm not gonna educate you on that. This is my lived experience. And if you ever have that question in your head to say, when someone said something, you're like, oh, I don't have that. You want to open your mouth? I need you to pull the words right back and shut up. This is open for open season. Ideologies and beliefs, they can change at any, any moment. So this is where we're going to have this conversation. This is on the individual level. So, to, so this is where we're going to take white and some nice individuals, and we're going to actually make brown and black people individuals. <gasps> oh! Individuals. We're going to individuals. We're going to have a dialogue so I can understand what's going on. This is the only way we make better products and services. What? You make a product and service for somebody from Silicon Valley, for somebody in, in Medellin, Colombia. You don't have any clue what they do, but you just think you know it all. And I'm really pissed off that Google has come to has gone to Atlanta giving homeless people five dollars to get their pictures for uh to, to help with their um their AI. That is exploiting a, a vulnerable community because these individuals don't know how bad how biased AI is and the value of giving up the images for this. Again, tech has never been neutral and it's never been a political. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens, strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day.
So strategies, basics, you gotta have a code of conduct. In your organizations, in your communities, and at your events, you have to have a code of conduct. And you have to have a code of conduct that has definitions in it. Because what Chad thinks sexual harassment is, and what Mary thinks sexual harassment is, could be two different things. And if you have not designed it, you cannot hold somebody accountable for it. You can't measure it. It's subjective. They cause harm. You need to have an execution plan and be able to enforce it. So, I'm speaking at a conference in uh, Cologne, Germany next year. And part of my new speaker writer is I need them to make sure they thought about my physical safety because I say some things that y'all white people don't like. I right now will not be going into any open fairing states unless the conference organizers make sure that there are they have metal detectors and all kinds of stuff. Because all I need is to say what I say and some angry white person stands up and shoots me. I'm not I'm not trying to be a martyr for this. This is this is my business. I'm not trying to die for this. These are things that you don't think about because you're safe everywhere. You don't think about me. So it's great to bring Kim to the stage and shake things up and cause a scene. But what have you done to, again, make yourself uncomfortable so that I can be comfortable and safe? And you have to know how to apologize and make amends because we're trying to create an experience that was never meant to exist. If the Constitution, if we had not changed anything about the Constitution to right now, my black ass would be a slave. We are trying to create an experience for people that was not meant to exist. We won't make mistakes. So this, oh, he did a great. Take pictures. Let's go. Cameras up. Oh, now they can move faster than this. This is, I'm giving you a, 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 a sir, your phone's in your hand. Can you take a picture? Yeah, okay. See, this is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right now. If it was a white person up there, they'd take the picture. Yeah. All right. So, this is how you do it, uh, do it next, um, an apology. You acknowledge your actions. We don't even know why. It's not important because when you say why, it's about now you're centering yourself. It's not about you. You want to um, you want to have a discussion of uh, discussing my understanding of why you want to say you understand why this caused harm. Again, it's not about you. You're saying your actions. You understand why they caused harm because this is what happens. People do these little blanket apologies. They have no idea what they're apologizing for. This is why when I was a teacher, Harris like apologizing. Why? He's not ready to apologize to me. He's only going to apologize when he realizes he's done something that there are going to be consequences for me, and he doesn't want to deal with those consequences, and then he's going to apologize. So what happens is, whiteness doesn't have any consequences to his behavior. So apologizing means, I need you to undertell me, articulate to me why you're apologizing. State how you're going to do better. Ask what else can you do. And then repeat. But make sure you do three and four. He also explains when, um, when you are doing harm, the most important thing is to stop the harm. Stop what you're doing. If I'm telling you this thing, if you're standing on my neck, 
It is harmful. Don't say, well, your neck shouldn't be there. Get off my neck. Fix it so you don't stand on my neck again. And fix the behavior that caused the, the harm. Uh, and so, and again, sorry, I, and I never say sorry because as a black woman, I, this is because again, you don't see me as a woman. When you speak, say sorry, you're like, yeah, I know you're sorry. Like a sorry person. So I don't say that. I apologize. Think about how much emotional labor it took me to figure out just that, that thing, what words to use, so that I can maintain my dignity when talking to you. The other issue is, we don't cover up the other issue. We don't cover it. It harms you. It harms the person who harmed it, caused the harm. This is what I'm saying. White supremacy is the parasite that's finally eaten on its host. We have you've been throwing canaries down the mine for years, and we've been telling you this is bad. You didn't recognize it until it hit you. So there's a, uh, a person in a group that I'm a part of who is all up in arms because um, Trump, with a small T, said um, that a possibility of civil war. I said when he was elected and saw that stuff that he's not going to leave office willingly. And she's like, ah! I'm like, do you not know this country's uh, way civil war on black and brown people since we got here or since y'all got here? But because now it's affecting whiteness, it's ah! I have been at civil war with my government since I was born. So how am I putting these things into action? We pivot. Woo! Woo! So we pivot as an organization that came out of who's heard of girl development? Raise your hand. I hope every last one of you is not involved with Girl Development anymore. I've done six, five or six episodes on the harm that Girl Development caused to black women in the community. And they have done absolutely nothing to make amends for that. And they're actually moving forward as if it didn't happen. Again, we're not women. Why should I apologize to you? We're not women. But they will say the rhetoric of we've learned. They've demonstrated no behavior of learning. So out of that, Again, I'm an educator, I believe in, let me demonstrate how this is done. So out of that, a group of women, I wasn't a part of that group, but a group of women, we, we found it, um, we pivoted. I am the board chair. And we are intentionally focusing on the most vulnerable in our communities. So we're not focused on women. Why do men can show up? With the understanding that you will not be the priority here. You will not be the focus. If you so much that you feel so and you want to cry, you feel that. We don't care. You're here because you know what? You're welcoming. But that's all you get from us. We pivot is about changing the direction. Um you, you know, pivot is to change. This is another thing that I understand. We are a culture of iteration. We're always doing two-week spreads and all kinds of stuff. But when we say something about change, everybody just like freaks out. Or making mistakes, everybody like freaks out. We're a culture of people who make mistakes every day. We're craft systems every day in production. 
We believe in providing opportunities, support, and education to traditionally underserved populations in the tech industry. This is one reason I, I, I am so pissed at uh, um, girl development, and I think Grace Hopper, let me throw that out in there, is because groups that were designed for women are not only upholding white supremacy and oppression, but they're creating barriers to the very women that they're saying they're trying to get into. So these women see the, the tagline and think, oh, this is a safe space for me. They go in and get harmed. I got a problem with that. We believe, uh, yeah. we, be we believe that making impactful change towards a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive tech sector requires intentional strategies that are rooted in social justice principles. You cannot do this just on intention. You have to have a strategy. You have to say, this is where we're going. How are we going to strategize it? You can't do this work because you're dealing with people already vulnerable and already been hurt. And just, oh, let's see what we're going to do today. That's not how this works. So our core value is to create the conditions where the most marginalized individuals are included, fulfilled, empowered, resulting in a more diverse tech industry. And what is diversity? Variety. So, one of our tenets is learning. We believe in education is a human right. This is my issue with these new boot, this new boot camp model, these uh, income sharing agreements that are targeting the most vulnerable with things that, that look just like subprime mortgages. Loans, it's about to, it's going to blow up. Oh, it's going to be bad. But they're, they're, they're these boot camps that are treating, and they have bad curriculums too. I mean, there's one that costs $85,000 to learn the code. Are you out your freaking mind? What? I didn't get free code camp with a group of friends at a coffee shop. We can figure this out. I'm not paying $85,000, and you're saddling me with debt on an income sharing agreement that it comes from my paycheck from my employer. I don't get to even screw the laws off the bat unless you default. I get to pay them. You don't go to my employer and say deduct it from my doggone paycheck before taxes, before I pay my benefits. Justice. We believe in interrupting oppression. This is what I am. I'm a, a oppression interrupter. This is what all this is. <laughs> we show we believe in our communities. We believe that the most vulnerable, this is where we make a mistake. We default to whiteness. I believe that the people closest to the problem have the solutions. We can make better products and services on our we have teams of people who are closest to the problems we're solving. If I see one more freaking soda company. And mine ain't got that much student space. We have very few sidewalks. Why do we have these things? If not, on just on college campuses. What problem is that solving for us? Absolutely nothing. Atlanta has atrocious public uh, transportation. Can we do something that mass transportation? Me on a scooter without a helmet on the street is not doing anything. And we believe in real talk. That's me. And collaboration, we believe that we're stronger together. We get there together, people, or we don't get there at all. 
again, we're trying to create something that was never meant to, um, to happen, to, ex uh, to exist. So, how are we doing this? We have a community needs assessment. So unlike these other, these groups who think they know what, they, what the communities need, no, we don't. We have no clue. Because what Atlanta needs, and what Rochester needs, and what Walker needs is not the same thing. So we don't want to go out here and make assumptions for our places to privilege to tell these marginalized people what they need. No wonder they don't come to your stuff. You don't provide anything that they want. This speaks to Stack Overflow in their 2018 survey when I got it. Why are you saying that marginalized people aren't completing your survey because it's too long? What data do you have to prove that? They're not completing your survey because first of all, 98 95% of people are stacked up for white males between the age 18 and 34. That's the little people feel safe on that platform. You've done absolutely no reach outreach to these communities so they don't trust you. And their survey has questions that are not valid for them. So why would I have to spend my 30 minutes filling out something for you for free? But instead of saying all that, they say it's too long. And what does white supremacy say about when black people say something too long? We're just lazy. We're just too lazy to fill out that doggone survey. You're not gonna get, get, get continue to tell the narrative of my laziness anymore. So we did, we do, um, we're doing a um, survey, and actually we have a university. Which one? Milwaukee School of Engineering. Milwaukee School of Engineering is actually making a digital platform for us to be able to scale our needs assessment across our communities. So when our chapter leads go into their communities, they need to ask what's there already? What's not there? Who's there? Who's not there? What do they need? And each community chapter will look very different. The only thing they'll have in common is a board that helps them on the national level of how to make sure we coordinate resources. That's it. We don't want to be barriers. We don't want to get in the way as GDI that was an organization whose individual chapters, they chapter leaders would do whatever they needed to because the national was always in the way, so they do it and apologize later. So this is also something I'm reading. Stop the Alliance, the anti-racist tech agenda that will be out next year. Because if you don't want to talk about anti-racism, we're not doing the work. And I can't have these conversations effectively on Twitter because there's always someone who wants to interject some bull. But now I gotta be distracted because now I gotta slap them upside the head and come back. Also created next year, hashtag policy jobs. I get DMs all the time. Hey, can you tweet? No, I can't. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you say for people follow me this time. No. So if you want hashtag to me, to a you have to have go through the certification process. You think you're better? No. I need to know. I've done this emotional labor to create this, this trust in my community and the work that I do. So I need to know where you are, what's your plan for moving forward, because nobody's perfect. We're all starting this together. But I need to see a plan before I ever endorse anybody. So if you really are serious about having marginalized people in your company, particularly brown, uh, black, and again, I told you I'm certified special needs, so I'm talking about people with invisible and visible um, disabilities. If you're serious about that, then this is what this is. And I also have hashtag, I mean, a recorder scene. 
because I'm sick of um, um, whisper networks. Because only the privileged individuals who are part of those networks know who was causing harm. I am I, I hate it, and I understand why they exist because there's so much retribution when someone says something about a person, particularly as a man, and your jobs and your your careers are at risk. So I, I started this, so I don't have a problem with calling it out. So what can you do to help? Because this is always the issue. I got 7,000 followers, and I'm going to tell you about 100 of them will work something. The rest of them are just... People, I don't get... I don't see how any of these influencers get anything from these followers. Because y'all some lazy, voyeuristic, parasitic individuals. You get free education and you do absolutely nothing to get back. So if you want to participate in supporting a community, go to hashtagpolicy.com and commit to giving $100 a month to this movement. If you cannot afford $100 a month, this is not for you. There are more than enough people in tech who can uh, give $100 a month. And this is why I tell you you're, you're a parasite. This has been going on for since my birthday in May. I launched it for my birthday in May. I have 20 sponsors. How many followers did I tell you I had? Yeah, over 7,000. What kind of percentage is that? Now, I know all of them can't afford it. There are a lot of people in my community who are, who are um, learning. But I got a lot of followers who have 20K, 100K, 2,000K followers. They're making money. But again, whiteness, it takes. That's what it does. It's not original, it steals. There's nothing original about what, uh, uh, whiteness. I'm gonna be honest, I actually think that white supremacy was um, was designed because white men would be extinct if it wasn't. Y'all have no capacity to do anything. Have all the privilege and talk about how afraid you are to use it. I don't wanna, and then when you use it, you're like, oh, they didn't do it. Didn't, of course they didn't do it. The system was designed for you. If I could put myself out here every day with the small amount of privilege I have, you doing nothing, I'm not impressed. Bonus. Words you must stop using now to describe women of color, particularly black women. Because we about to start snapping on y'all. Aggressive. Don't call me aggressive. Look at the definition. I have not attacked you. Your feelings are your responsibility, not mine. Instead, I'm assertive. We don't ever get called assertive. No, we're aggressive. I'm not intimidated. Look at the definition. I had someone tell me at another conference, I came up to you and you were intimidated. Because I didn't acknowledge you because you mean absolutely nothing to me, I'm intimidated. Think about the, the psychology, but the pathology behind that. Because I didn't acknowledge you, I'm intimidated. No, I'm sure confident. And it took a lot of work to get here because white supremacy really did a number on me. I tell people, this is for my people of color, we have internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness that we have to deal with. We have to deal with it. And particularly when we're talking, and this is why I'm very specific when I say women of color and black women, because it's a totally different experience, and people of color 
and black people. Because people make up model minority, the closer you are to whites, the better you are. When you're in your countries, they tell you, you're going to America, do anybody but black, do anything but be black. I'm not defensive. Again, look at the term. I'm committed. I'm not emotional. This is what gets me all the time. People are like, oh, you're just angry with us. So this is how I run my strategy on Twitter. Someone sends me something or I recognize something on Twitter, and I, again, have a strategy, so I evaluate. Are they in tech? I stay in tech because tech has the potential to change the world. We as a small community touch everything, and when we get it right here, other industries are going to have to change. So I stay, I feel, I'm very optimistic, very positive, because I have power and influence in an industry that makes change. So, are they in tech? If there's some random Nazi, I ain't about to, I'm a black woman, I ain't about to sit up there and make myself a target for them. I'm not doing that. So, are they in tech? All right. Is what they're saying something that the people who follow me can learn something from? Check that box. Okay. I'm ready to engage. What I do not do is respond to them. They, I'm a, I'm a classroom teacher, right? They are part of the lesson. Why would I even talk to the lesson? That's stupid. So I'm going to comment retweet. I'm going to say what I have to say. I'm going to put my hashtag there, and I'm going to let it go. My community has been trained. When I do that, it's time to activate. So now everybody's like coming in and bringing if, because this has to scale. This is why I'm recording this. They don't record this. Me speaking to y'all means absolutely nothing to me. That's a waste of my energy. I need to scale this. So, um, people don't know how to engage. If they're saying something I don't know, I DM them. You need to take that back because I don't want. Because what happens is they'll start giving pra uh, praise and, and, and whatever to the white person's talking. And they're like, no, 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 you need to fix that statement. They need to know you learn this from him. No, none of you have the lived experience of us. Everything you learned about racism is because someone of, of, um, of color has taught you about racism. I need you to understand that. So then that's when we engage in email saying, that's wrong. You're just angry. And then I'm like, well, there it is. That didn't take long. Because with enough pressure and enough time, racism shows itself. Because it's there. But I can bring it out because people don't believe it's there. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to do this again. Do this again. Do this again. So more people, okay, it is there. It is there. There's one recent experience where this white woman started following me. I was going up. This dude literally said, um, I was talking, I was, um, I was um, promoting the anti-racist podcast. He came into the DM. Okay, so first of all, you came to me. So he came into the thread and said, Something to the effect of, this will never solve racism. What we need to do is mix the races. People have babies. So his answer to racism was breeding. So when I said that, he got offended. I didn't say that. Dude, you just sit here and mix babies. So then you have people from, who are mixed races. Like, that doesn't solve my problems. That I, so, so then he gets to go on, he gets to go on, and he's just, I'm just, Comment retweeting. I'm not responding to him. And this woman finally said, Hey, dude, did you realize she's not talking to you? That she's talking to us? And then she says, I just started following him. And I thought her methods were just over the top. Until I see this. Now I know why she does what she does. 
I am an educated person. I have a master's degree in training and development. And only stopped my doctoral degree after uh, all my, I was working on my doctoral study because I was getting a degree in um, technology entrepreneurship, um, um, business administration, technology entrepreneurship. But I realized I'm sick of trying to prove myself to white people. That was, that's all I did. I'm going in the ditch trying to prove something that y'all don't see me as human anyway. So I'm just going to do what I do. But it, take, it took her to see that engagement to realize, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. That Kim, oh my God, she might have a she might have a strategy here. Again, I don't get the benefit of the doubt. I gotta prove myself. I'm passionate. I'm not angry. I'm using soap in the tub. This is fun for me. And as soon as they say what I need them to say, I'm like, thank you, have a great day, and I'm done. And they're like, I'm done. The lesson is over. The class is done. But I see tomorrow. I'm not angry, I'm determined. I'm not overly active, I'm justified. I'm justified in how I act this way. I do this because if I'm not in your face like this, you ignore me. If I come to you, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you know how much energy people of color have to expend, to write an email to you? So that you don't get an attitude? We gotta put emojis in it so you know that we're laughing and all kinds of, I'm not doing that. I'm rescheduling, that's all I got. Not your damn business, why? <laughs> Thank you. Woo! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.